0: Would you welcome to the stage, Darren and Stacy Horst? You're Thank you. Have a seat. Yeah, it's always that's what everyone says. It's brighter than they think. It is, that is a true statement. So. Welcome. You need no introduction, because you already got an introduction, and I'm going to let them take a breather and wipe their tears off, just like I was doing backstage. Um, While we do that, and I work on getting my laptop open with one hand, what that video doesn't show is all the quiet moments, and all the tears, and all the hours and hours and hours of planning, and... What it, what it took to get it off the, off the ground. Can you speak to that?
1: Um, yeah, <laughs> that explains it. Um, many, many tears. Um, lots of time, lots of organization, lots of research. Um, as we said in there, there's nothing like it um, in the United States or anywhere that we know of. Um, And so it just, uh, it was two years to, from start to the first club opening and um, (sighs) without God it wouldn't have happened without the people who surrounded us, um, our church family Mm -hmm. who came, you know, underneath us and held us up. um, It wouldn't have happened.
2: It was um, really... I think, a way to channel our grief into something positive. Mm-hmm. Uh, sure. You know, I think it saved us.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You and I, we, we met place. and uh, we, we hung out and we had some, broke some bread and stuff like that and kind of talked this over before we decided to come on stage. And you, you blew me away with this statistic, the statistic that 80% plus mm-hmm. of marriages fail with the death of a child. And so I see the video, and I, and I watch it, and I get all emotional because I have a child with special needs and, um, and the impact that it's having in their lives. But can you speak to the impact that you saw in the parents and in the, the relationships that you saw through that and maybe even mending of relationships between parent and child or anything along those lines?
2: Well, it's, it, I mean, it's an incredible burden. Not a burden, but it's, it's a, a weight to carry when you have a special needs child. Um, The amount of intervention the trips to the doctor um, and so it's exhausting at times and and most of the parents we would talk to didn't have um, a peer group or the ability to sit and and just talk to other parents and listen to their experience um, and learn from their experience so we had you know a big waiting room for the parents um as the kids were interacting, and we found out that it was just a, as much a respite or a ministry to the parents as it was the children. Um, parents could go on dates; they'd get a three-hour break, and they dates could go are on important. dates. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. So. Absolutely. Now you've mentioned it a couple times, but again, we didn't see it so much in the video. But what role did did faith play in all of this? Because this is not this is not something that. Let's just say it. Like normal people, to just jump in four days later and come up with this and start researching and doing what you're doing, and then never mind to have the resources available and the people around them to do that. What was that like for you?
2: Um, you know, when we were after we lost Aaron, um, Aaron's life verse was Proverbs seventeen seventeen: A brother loves at all times, a, a friend loves at all times. A brother's born for adversity, and um, you know we're. God's hardwired us all for relationship. I think we talked about that, mm-hmm. right? So, you know, from our perspective, um, that's, that's a calling, right, is to help people be in relationship with others, whether it's in the church or outside the church. Um, I don't know.
1: That's a hard question other than, you know, we know it was a God thing. Um, we also knew, you know, obviously as the mom who took her to more of her, um, therapies and, you know, everything that you do, it was, knew that there needed to be somewhere. And I think it really was another thing driven out of on Friday nights on the weekends, um, these kids sit at home and, (laughs) I was even saying earlier, you know, social media can be a wonderful thing, um, but it can also be awful, and um, it was one of the places where she saw that people she knew were doing things, and she wasn't invited, Um, so we knew that, because we were her best friends, and she would spend her weekends with us. And as she got older, she didn't want to do that. She wanted to go out and hang out with you know other kids her age. Um, so I think that too had some of the impetus of knowing you know what she needed at that time.
2: Sure. But even in the church, right? She she was uh, she played in the praise band. She was a drummer. She was really gifted. Um, she attended Sunday school. She was active in the youth group. She wasn't mm-hmm. she wasn't marginalized. Well, she wasn't picked on there, right? But there wasn't an intentional effort to make her feel included, or, or any of the kids, typically. There's not an intentional effort for them to feel, um, to pull them in, right? Sure. So we'd go on youth retreats and I would chaperone and you, know, you could watch and, and you know, she'd be off by herself while these other kids were doing things. It wasn't that they were mean, it just, they weren't inclusive. We yeah. wanted to create a place that was fully inclusive.
0: It speaks to a a cultural issue that we have, Um, even as far as, if I can make this stretch, but as far as the church is concerned, like, we are called to be inclusive with the gospel and have the gospel interact with every single aspect of our lives and to take that with us as we go, Mm -hmm. not just to be off by ourselves or to ignore people. I mean, we're commanded by our creator to work with the marginalized, work with the work with the ones that are off to the side to take care of the widows and the orphans. And so often the church, I think we, we function within this building really well, and, and, and it looks good, and it's shiny, and we give good messages, and have incredible guest speakers on stage and stuff like that. And then we forget when we leave that there's a whole world out there that's hurting, mm-hmm. that wants inclusive.
2: We're all, we're all broken, broken, Yeah. right? Some of us, it's just more evident. And our brokenness is more visible. Um, it's more apparent but we're all broken.
0: Absolutely, and you, one thing that kept coming up when you and I talked and when we had, when we had lunch was this, you, you said multiple times, you couldn't have done it without your small group, mm-hmm. with your people, and the people that, uh, speak to the importantness of that small group.
1: They, I mean, I, I call them our ride or die. Um, it, even though we're now states apart, um, if they called us at 3 o'clock in the morning or we call them and something's happened, they're in the car and they're at our house and they're going to stay there and they're going to take care of us no matter what. And it's, it's not necessarily the words. Um, it's, it's the, the action yeah. and the presence. Um, I, I can't. I, there's no, you can't put a price on that. Yeah. You just can't.
2: And Good. it doesn't just happen. It, you have to be intentional. Yes. You've got to be, you know, intentional about building relationship with others and um, and being vulnerable with people, so they, you know, and being real.
0: Yeah, like we talked about, like who has access to you, mm-hmm. right. like if if, if, if if and when it goes down, because right. you're you're never out of the clear, right? Like it's you're either about to go into a season, you've just mm-hmm. come out of a season, mm-hmm. or in between seasons. Like is, you're never out of the clear. So when it goes down, whatever it is. Who has access to you? Mm-hmm. You know, who can speak into your life? Who can be there at 3 a.m.? And we we do, again, we do a really good job of setting up rows and, and uh, having a situation for people to sit in, but uh, circles are better than rows. Real life change happens yeah. like this, face-to-face, yeah, acro- tough conversations and stuff like that.
2: Yeah, it's the stuff that like happens that. outside <laughs> of the building. Yeah. Outside yes. of Sunday morning that, that builds relationship. Absolutely. For times just like this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep.
0: Now... That video was shot a few years post mm-hmm. East Club inception. Mm-hmm. And now we're a few years out from that video. Mm-hmm. So what's, what's the future for East Club? What have, what have you learned? What is, what's the next step? <laughs> what's that look like for you guys?
1: Wow, what have we learned? I mean, the biggest thing for me is that these kids um, <laughs> are smart, they're funny. Gifted. Gifted. Um, they and, and you heard that from some of the kids that it's once they got around each other it was phenomenal. <laughs> I mean, I wish we had figured that out years ago, obviously. Um, but that instead of trying to fit them into a mold to be, as they said, you know, typical. normal or mm-hmm. typical, they really needed to come together and be together. And that, uh, you know, and have
2: permission to be who they were yeah, yeah. and and not be worried about judgment
1: mm-hmm. uh,
2: or getting teased or um, yeah.
1: you know. and it's also the respite um, the parents i mean it was and and to see and the one mom talked about it and i i came back one night and there were three parents standing outside the windows by right. the trees and they were hiding but they wanted to hide so they could see their kids and they were all crying <laughs> and um because their kids were happy they were having fun and that wasn't something that they get to do with Mm. other kids it just isn't um there's been lots of lessons we could we could be here for a long time yeah i got time (laughs) i got
0: got, we got time i don't know well
1: i know don't worry about them
0: they're just it's also
1: it's also been a very educational um, experience for um those of us who are called normal um because we had many volunteers who would come in with and kids, too, who would come in and, and they would be bug-eyed because, you know, they're, oh my gosh, I'm going in and I'm going to be like hanging out with a bunch of kids on the autism spectrum. And they would leave and it was like, when can I come back? Oh my gosh, I had so much fun.
2: We became the most popular charity in Atlanta for the National Charity League, yep. um, the mothers and daughters, because they would have so much fun, so... Uh, can i ask a quick question yeah how many people know somebody on the autism spectrum that are sitting here all right turn around and look at the number of hands
1: yeah hold your hands hold up. your
2: hands up okay so you asked about the, the future we want ease club to be a, a national charity we got set back by covid uh, we had two facilities in atlanta we were working on a facility in lexington kentucky but there's needs uh, there are needs Everybody. every community has a need for an ease club uh, yeah. where these kids can come and, and be who they are. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: How important is that?
2: So as we close up, let me ask
0: you a question, the question of questions. As a church, as a church, because we are the church, mm-hmm. how can we support you? How can we come alongside you? How can we support what you're doing mm-hmm. as a couple and what you've set in motion with these Club?
2: So uh, we're getting ready, COVID set us back. So we had two facilities that were open in Atlanta and we were working actively on opening a third facility in uh, Kentucky, Lexington, Kentucky. Um, By the way, when we opened, we thought we'd have 15 or 20 kids. We had 100 uh, kids the first couple of weekends. That's that's how pervasive the need is.
1: Oh, and we've served over 700 families so far.
2: so pray for us, please, because we're opening two mm-hmm. facilities: one in Atlanta, we're reopening, and then one in Lexington, Kentucky, uh, we're opening. Um, you go to Facebook, like us on Facebook. That's how things work. The more likes we get, the more engagement we get. We don't. We, we're, we've been very blessed um, financially, so we're, we're not. We don't have a need to fundraise unless you feel led. Obviously, please make a donation, but. Um, pray, and if you are interested or know somebody that would benefit in Nassau County, you know, Stacy and I would like to open an ease club uh, to serve, you know, kids in Northeast Florida. Wow.
1: And it's, and I will tell you that it's for us to be sitting here right now telling our story, meeting Ryan, he has a son. I've had probably in the last month. Um, and you know, you can say serendipitous, but to me, it's not. It's a God thing that I've met probably five other families that I know that need something like this. So I know God is working here. He's working in this community and in you know Northeast Florida probably to for something like this to you take know root. yeah to take root and come about. And um, one of the things we talked about. You know, you see the hashtag now, um, hashtag be kind, and it's kind of gotten, in my opinion, watered down because you see it so much, but it takes nothing for us. Even if you're in the grocery store and whoever's bagging your groceries, look at their name tag and say, hey, Steve, how you doing today? I mean, it takes nothing for us. And that, just that alone can make somebody's day. And you know, as you said in the beginning, everybody's on a precipice of something, That's and true. something's going to happen. Something's going to happen to all of us. Um, I think one of the things I want to remind our church family is that, too, it doesn't define you. Whatever happens to you does not define you, right. and that you can stand up and, and find something positive, and if you can't do it on your own, then reach out to somebody. Reach out, even, you know, mental health. I mean, I'll just go on record to say it, to be, you know, transparent. It's been eight years since we lost our daughter, and I just started counseling again. Because it's hard, and you you go through stuff. And it's not something to be ashamed of. It's something to step out and ask for help. just And keep asking until you get it, please.
0: You were never meant to do any of
2: that alone.
1: No. And words
2: words have power. Kids in the audience, you know, what you say, what you don't say, right? It, it's mm-hmm. powerful, you know? We we have such immense ability to influence people and to have an impact in their lives and not even know that we're having an impact. Absolutely.
0: So. What an incredible story. What an incredible story about how something so painful can be turned into something so good and so godly. And so I thank you for what you're doing. I thank you for what you're going to do, and uh, that you listened to the promise of God when it came to this, because it could have been very easy for you to say, not right now. This is too tough. I don't want to do it. It hurts too much. Any of them would have been valid, and nobody would have second-guessed you, but you didn't. You did what God put on your heart, and so I thank you for it. So I'm going to pray for you, and we're going to wrap this thing up. God, I thank you for this incredible couple. I thank you for the stories and stories and stories that will continue to come out of Ease Club. How Aaron's life will be honored through their stories. God, I thank you for what you're doing in Atlanta. I thank you for what you're going to do in Lexington, Kentucky. I thank you for what you're going to do here. Whatever that looks like, God, we just want to be honoring to you. In the same way, the great example that Darren and Stacy have, that, that they were honoring to you in everything that they did and through the tragedy that was put into their life, God, they stepped up and said, we're going to glorify you. If there's a need, we're going to meet it. So God, I would ask that the people under the sound of my voice, that, that, that they would know the needs of this community, of this church, and they would step up and glorify you. God, I also thank you for the underlying tones of community that you have placed into this story, that the, the importance of coming together and sitting across the table and, and talking about just stuff and giving access to people, having ride-or-die people, and discussing how just the gospel just interacts with that, how, how you have set us up, that we would just view everything through the lens of the gospel, that you have set us on the right course and the right path despite the tragedies because these tragedies, as was so eloquently said, do not define us. That our relationship with you is what defines us. God, we thank you for all that you've done we thank you most of all for our son, for your son, Jesus Christ, to die on a cross for us. So that we didn't have to. It's so like we, we could be in right standing with you if you would just if we would just accept that free gift. We love you and we thank you. It's in your son Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you, Darren. Thank you, Stacy.